We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sean O'Hara is with us right now, so we'll get to him from the NFL Network. You can check him out there. He's got his shows. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter, too, and he joins us now. Sean, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. Doing well. How are you? All right, Sean, I want to concentrate on the Giants with you uh, more than anything else because there's a lot there. Tell me what you think. Uh, my expectations of the Giants are probably a little bit loftier than, than most. I, I've heard all the banter this preseason. Um, you know, I know a lot of people say the over-under uh, for wins for them is six. Uh, if that's the case, I take the over all day long. I think when, when I look at this team in contrast to what I saw last year, they are so much more competent offensively they are so much more competent up front um with kevin zeitler at right guard huge difference huge upgrade they can finally pass block on the right side oh he's been the best pass blocking guard in in the nfl and they haven't been able to pass block on for years on the right side no the right the right guard and the left tackle uh with eric flowers for four years it was a total train wreck so that's big he's also he's a pretty stout guy in the run game but he's also he's a culture guy he kind of He's got that nasty, want-to-finish guy mentality. He's not just trying to block guys. I mean, he's trying to punish guys. And I like Mike Remmers at right tackle. Now, I agree. He, I agree with the offensive line 100%, but I also think people are going to walk up and make it a heavy box because they're going to say the Giants don't have the wide receivers. Let's walk up, let's take Barkley away, and make Eli throw the ball. Well, in order for them to have a, a huge box and bring the eighth guy in there, you've got to go two tight end formations. And, and I don't know that, I, that Pat Shermer is going to do that um, you know, I think he's gonna. He wants to spread people out, and everybody's doing it now. College football is doing it now. The NFL is doing it. Get everybody in space. There's a lot more running room. Um, so I think you look at at Saquon. The last time they played the Dallas Cowboys down in Dallas last year in Week Two, he had 14 catches. They, they threw the ball to him 16 times. So that that's going to be more of the same. I think you get Saquon in space. There's no linebacker that can tackle that guy. Oh, I totally agree. And Ingram's going to be huge, too. But if you play Ingram and then a bunch of wideouts, you know, you're going to wonder about them at the point of attack a little bit, aren't you? And also, they don't have that many wideouts right now, the Giants. Well, yeah, with Golden Tate being suspended, Sterling Shepard will will get a lot of the the work in the slot, and and he's been he's been a pretty darn good receiver in the slot. I think the key I like him. I like with him. this offense is a guy who nobody really talks about in Red Ellison. Now he's not going to catch a hundred you know a hundred yards in passing, but to the, at the point of attack, he has been phenomenal. I agree. From what I've seen in the preseason, so that the extension of the run game has always been the tight end. You, so you're going to be treating are you going to be then treating Ingram like he's a wide receiver rather than as a tight end? Yeah, I think what you're going to see a lot more of is kind of that trips right formation. You've got three wide receivers to the right, and you split Evan Ingram out to the left, and you right. hope to get a favorable matchup one-on-one with a linebacker or a safety. And then the other thing you do is you put Saquon Barkley offset to the left side, and that basically declares to the defense who's going to cover Saquon. Either you're rolling a safety down, which shows its hand, or you've got a linebacker. Um, the one thing that the Cowboys did last year a number of times 
if you don't have a linebacker that can cover a running back in the passing game, and teams did this against Marshall Falk, um, they've you know when you struggle as, as with linebackers in coverage, you blitz them, and you hope that now the running back has to stay in to protect. Yep. The Giants went empty protection and actually released Saquon in that, and Eli just said, "Look, I'll throw hot all day long yep. to Saquon in space." That's what I saw a lot of. So if the Cowboys do that again, if that's their same game plan defensively. Expect to see a lot of those hot throws to Saquon. But and I think that can work. And I think I agree with you. I was talking with Sean Howard. I think the offense is going to be improved because I think the offense line finally has real for the first time in many years. I'm going to think that, that Nate's going to be better at the left tackle this year than he was last year. Hernandez is a year older. Jalapio's uh, healthy. So I give you all that. I agree about the right side. And I think they're going to be pretty good on offense. Uh, I, I agree. The question I have is, is there any lead they can protect with this defense? Yeah, that, there's a lot of question marks on the defense, and I think that's where you know the, we've really got to figure out what kind of team you have on that side of the ball. Just to piggyback back on, on last year, down in Dallas, Eli was sacked six times. I don't see that happening again just because I think they're so much better. I think we will see more 10 and 11 play drives because I think that gotcha. the second year in the offense, they're not going to beat themselves. But defensively, right. Look, you go back to Week 17, right? Dallas came into the MetLife Stadium without Zeke, and they couldn't get Dak off the field. Why? Because they didn't have a pass rush, and yep. then they were giving up plays in in the secondary. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna give up those big plays, which you know a lot of those were, you know, Landon Collins, you know, um, struggled earlier on in the yes. season with some big plays in the passing game. They're hoping that with these young corners, you know, the one guy nobody's talking about is Janoris Jenkins, quietly one, been one of the best corners in the league. Um, you know, he's not a big talker. He doesn't get a lot of the publicity, but he, he is a lockdown corner. And, and I think you put him on, on Dallas' best receiver, and now one of these young guys has to step up. But the pass rush is key. James Betcher, his last year in Arizona, was the most blitz-happy defensive coordinator in the league. In order for him to get to that, he's got to have some safeties that can cover and some corners that can play man-to-man. If, if it's just I'm relying on my front four to get there with Dallas Cowboys offensive line, that's going to be a problem. So, uh, I think that's really the question mark that I have. I, I, I think agree. They played Zeke Elliott well. He has not done very well on the on the ground against the Giants the last couple of years, despite their record. Um, so th- th- those are the things that I'm watching. Can they get pressure on third down and get get Dak off the field? If they can't, it's going to be just like Week 17 last year. And let's be honest, the Giants last year, second half of the year, except for the Tennessee game, they averaged over 30 points a game in the other seven games. But they blew four leads. Four times they gave up the lead to lose the game late. Yeah, they couldn't get off the field. They couldn't finish and close out games defensively. I mean, scoring points were not a problem. I mean, it's been documented. They scored more points than any other yeah. team in the, in the division, and yet yep. they still uh, couldn't find a way to win games. But that second half of the season, you know, last year there was a, a complete line of demarcation. The first half of the season was abysmal. They were dysfunctional. Second half of the season, you got a true um, litmus test as far as who you have. I, I think they start out looking more like that team. And right. Also, Mike, when you look at their schedule, I mean, last year, four out of their first six was games were disaster. playoff teams. They, a disaster. The first eight games, they played three teams that had a winning record last year. So this, this schedule it starts out very favorable. Um, you know, and it has they, to be good early. If they, ha- they have to be good early. Uh, if they're not, you know what's going to happen. They're, they're, and it's not just that they're going to have trouble, but also there's going to be everyone calling, and, and the pressure's going to be on the Giants to play the kid. So you know that's going to come if they're losing. So they yeah. have to get off to a fast start. And I think that's the, if you like them to have a decent year, you, you're figuring they're going to get off 3-1 and one in the first four games looking at the schedule. 
Yeah, I mean, their schedule, they play Arizona. I mean, they're playing Buffalo. Um, you know, they play the Washington AFC. early, yep. So, you know, you've got really, when you take Tom Brady out of the equation, you don't know what Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and what Fitzpatrick is going to show up. So, um, you know, it's all, I think the schedule plays out for them to be a lot better and have a, have more wins than people expect. How hard is the, how delicate do you think the uh, Eli Daniel Jones thing is for them to finesse? I don't think it's as big of a deal and as delicate as everybody thinks it is. You know, I think Daniel Jones has done a great job of just coming in and focusing on himself. The one thing that any quarterback drafted high will tell you is you've got to win the locker room over if if you want to become the starting quarterback. And I think Daniel Jones has done a good job in doing that the right way. I saw it with Eli when he came in, and, you know, Kerry Collins was there initially when they drafted Eli, and then he asked for his release, and then bring in Kurt. And everybody kind of knew it was Eli's team, but Eli never forced his hand. He, he earned things the right way. He earned it by, by going out there and putting in the work and putting in the time. Um, you know, and I think even he would tell you that he probably, he, he probably got put in, in too soon. I mean, we were 5-4 and four when Eli yep. um, replaced Kurt. And, and Warner he, handled that well. He handled it very gracefully. Well, he handled it well. He's still a little salty about it. Yep. I, I still rib him about it every time I see him. Uh, but I, I think Eli, look, he took his lumps those first couple of games. And yeah, I think sure. looking back on it, yeah. you know, it would probably be a better situation to kind of do like Mahomes did in Kansas City last year. They only year. won one game year. the rest of the year that year, yeah. Yeah, and it was the Week 17 game against Dallas. Uh, yep. I remember it well. So it's, you know, I don't think that there's inside the building, hey, man, you know, there's pressure on Daniel Jones. There's pressure to win. And, look, it's not just Eli. Eli can play great. If the defense doesn't do exactly what we just talked about and they're losing games, guess what? It's not just about Eli's job. Pat Shermer is going to feel the heat, too, because in this market, you don't, there are no three-year scholarships. You know, he, he lasted two years in Cleveland, and I like Pat. I think he's done a really good job with this locker room, with, with handling uh, some of the drama earlier on last year and with what's transpired. But I think he has a great rapport with this team and with his locker room. This feels like a team. It did not feel like a team last year and certainly not the year before when there was all kinds of dysfunction going on. But I know you look on paper and everybody wants to look at talent to, to say what kind of a team you have. But from a chemistry standpoint and being around those guys in training camp, this just feels like a better team. It feels like they have more chemistry. Do you think, and we're talking with Sean Howard, do you think there is a player in that defensive front seven of the Giants that would scare somebody? Um, well, I'll tell you, B.J. Hill has really surprised me. I mean, obviously last year he had you know, five-and-a-half sacks. Um, I, I, just, I really like his slipperiness. And usually defensive tackles, that's kind of one of the things that they struggle with. Um, I think Dexter Lawrence is going to be a force to be reckoned with, but he's not going to beat you on the edge. He's not going to line up outside shoulder of the guard and run the rim and, and beat you for a sack. He's going to push the pocket, which is going to make everybody else better and is going to you know, make the quarterback get out of the pocket. Um, but I think B.J. Hill inside can be a guy. Marcus Goldman is a guy I've kind of got my eye on. He had 12 and a half sacks two years ago. He was the MVP of his college bowl game, so he's got some skill. He's just been hurt. He tore his ACL two years ago, and he, last year he was just was never healthy. So uh, I think he's a guy that can really show up. Um, and Lorenzo Carter, he's a long-armed guy. He, one of the toughest things for offensive linemen to handle is defensive linemen that have those go-go gadget arms. So uh, the question really with him is just can he get off the blocks and can, can he win the hand battles? Um, you know, NFC East has some of the best tackles in in the league. You know, if you count Trent Williams, who you know should be back in there at some point, 
I mean, you're facing Lane Johnson and Jason Peters and, you know, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. I mean, you've got to have some guys that can win on one-on-one on third down if you're going to win this division. Uh, so you think the Giants get close to being break-even, or you think they're better than that? You know, I, I, I had this, this sneaky suspicion that they are going to be in the mix for – some sort of a wild card berth later on. I mean, I think on paper, I think the Eagles are, are the best team in that division. I think, you know, Dallas, um, they're a very physical team, and I think Dallas' defense is very under the radar for how good they were last year against the run. So that, that's, you know, that, that's going to be troublesome for some people. But I think, I think the Giants have a chance to, to win nine games, maybe even ten. I mean, if, you, if, you, if, you know, if you're an optimist, which I am, um, I think they could find themselves, you know, the tough thing is going to be, I think you get two teams out of the NFC South. Um, you know, the NFC West, you know, you, you could end up with two teams out of there in Seattle and, and the Rams. So, you know, you kind of, the, the spots start shrinking. So, you know, they could they could have nine or ten wins and still not make the playoffs uh, just because of, of some of these other teams. But when you look at, at their schedule, you know, even, you know, it's really going to come down to that December. They play Philly twice. Um, Miami and Washington, uh, the, the, that Philly game in Week 17, Mike, it could come b- back in their favor. Let's say Philly has the division locked up and they don't play. And that's a free game. Starters. That's a free it, game. It could yeah. end up being, um, you know, a, a win for the Giants uh, later on in the season. Just like that's a good point. No, that could be a Dallas freebie. Didn't play Zeke because yep. they couldn't improve their position. No, that's a free. That could always be a freebie, right? That's a that, that's that's it. Uh, quickly, uh, two things. One. Tell me what it means when the Giants and Jets play, uh, and especially to the Giants. Now, it's not a Giant home game. It's a Jet home game. But Giants and Jets play this year. How much, as the, as the big team, as the always the Giants versus the Jets, what, what does that mean, Giants-Jets? Well, we used to always play in the preseason, and you know it was the Snoopy Bowl, and it was everybody got jazzed up about it, and it was preseason. So it was hard for guys to really just kind of look at it like, hey, this is anything more than a tune-up for the regular season. But – you know, I, I tell you, it means something for the fans. That's for sure. You know, I mean, did you, you feel anything fight? extra when you played the Jets? Did it mean something to you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some good energy. But I, I was, I was friends with a lot of guys on the Jets team. You know, Nick Mangold. You know, I got to know Mark Sanchez a little bit, and you know, it, it is kind of uh, you, you feel a little bit like family. You're sharing the same house. You know, maybe you're like step brothers. Um, but I, I don't think there's any animosity there. And I think, you know, since you don't play each other often and um, you know, you don't really get that. There, there's not a bitter rivalry. Uh, I'm sure that there's definitely some competition amongst the front offices, and you know, there there may be some you know cases of wine that are that are bid on on the game. But um, I think the fact that it's it's an away game for the Giants, that place is going to be rocking. You know, Giants fans are great, but the Jets fans are different now. All right, they're a different breed. They 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 are loud the entire time. So I've been to both games in the regular season. And I'll be honest with you, Jets fans are louder. They're 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 a little bit wilder, um, you know, in more more ways than one. So I, I'll tell you that that's going to be a very spirited game. And and when you look at both of their team schedules, that game is going to come at a very pivotal time for both teams. Um, I think both the Jets and the Giants are going to need that win, even though it's AFC NFC. You know, the Giants are going into a bye after that, and they're both going to be fighting. Uh, to stay alive in the playoffs. All right. We're talking with Sean O'Hara, NFL Network. What do you think about the Jets? You know, I, I like the Jets' offense uh, with Adam Gase. I think he's always done a great job of putting players in, in successful positions. 
Um, I think Sam Darnold is a great fit for him. I think Sam can learn from him and just learn from how he sees defenses. Adam Gase calls plays and coaches quarterbacks like he was a quarterback and from the pocket. So I think that really helps out. Um, I've got two questions offensively. You know, who who is going to be that go-to guy on third down? You know, you, you, you can't just rely on Le'Veon Bell all three downs. You've got to have somebody. Is it Anunua? You know, does Robbie end up being the guy? Um, uh, that guy has to emerge. And then the other question is just from an offensive line standpoint, we've seen Le'Veon Bell be one of the most patient running backs in the league. Can he maintain that patience with this offensive line? He he had the spoils of one of the top five old lines every single year he was in Pittsburgh. Yep. How does that affect his He does game? not have that here. He does that, not have that. Yeah, so I think the negative runs you know, could be a factor. And I, and I also – you know, one of the things that, that I used to always say whenever we had a really good running back is the only person that can stop him from having 100 yards rushing is the offensive coordinator. So how much does Adam Gase trust Le'Veon Bell and want to use him in this offense? He is, Adam Gase is a throw-first guy. Now, he will throw the ball to Le'Veon Bell, which is great, but at some point you've got to impose the will. And, you know, one guy that I really like uh, in that Jets offensive line is Calicio Semele. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a down year last year. He was banged up, had a knee injury in Oakland, and what didn't look like the same guy. But he is a punisher, um, and he loves to just finish guys, finish blocks. He's down the field. So I'm curious to see how him and Ryan Khalil, who they brought off the couch, uh, I'm curious to see how those two mesh. And who starts off week one the best team in football? Uh, week one, best team in football. Man, I'll be shocked if the Eagles don't don't come out looking pretty sharp. Um, I was down there in training camp, and I watched practice. I don't think I saw a ball hit the ground, but one time, um, and Nelson Aguilar was 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 uncoverable in the slot. Um, they had guys just streaking down the field, so I think that they're going to look pretty good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Rams look. Um, and I know it's always tough coming off of the Super Bowl. Very tough. Um, you know, you just played a lot of football. I'll be curious to see how much Todd Gurley gets early on. I know they want to pace him a little bit better than they did last year. Um, but I tell you, the Saints' offense got better. And, and that's yeah, scary. I think the Saints and the Chiefs are the best teams myself. Man, I, you know, they, I was on Total Access the other day, and they asked us to pick a, a Super Bowl matchup and winner, and I went with the Saints and the Chiefs. That's what I did, too. I picked the Saints, Chiefs over the Saints. This is Andy's year. I think the Chiefs' offense is the best I've seen in a long, long maybe, – maybe as good as the old Ram offense. Is that good? Yeah, I mean, as explosive as they were last year, it's hard to believe that they got better, but they yeah, did. This kid, did. Nicole Hardman, I mean, he, yep. he's he's he's. A, another freak that you get out there and he's going to be tough to cover and nobody can um, stop hill it's impossible there's nothing no, you can and, do and with the guy the fact that they just got LaShawn McCoy yep um you know that that's i, I mean Andy Reid has has created all kinds of headaches with defensive coordinators he didn't mean not run the football as much as you think but he, he he has little screen plays little quick throws to the running backs that kind of count as runs in space and you know the next thing you know you look up and you're down 17 points and you don't even know what happened so they're, they're they're a dangerous offense. They've got some questions on offensive line that they've got to fix. But for the Saints, the fact that they went out and got Jared Cook at tight end, and now you give somebody down the middle of the field for Drew Brees to, to use, and they drafted Eric McCoy in the second round at center. So they got better up front and, and in that pocket, which has always been a big thing for Drew Brees to step up. up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, that uh, that Saints team is, is, uh, is legit. All right. Well, listen, we're watching you on the NFL Network. Thanks very much. Talk again. Thank you very much, Sean. All right. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy your morning. Sean O'Hara, back after this.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.